Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. What is up, everybody? My name is James D. Fiore, and this is Blackball. All right, I'm going to set the scene here. I was, where was I living? Oh, yeah, rock bottom. And rock bottom in this sense was in my mother's bachelor apartment with her husband, um, my, my stepfather, I guess you could say, and in South Oshawa in a bachelor apartment. So um, if you know anything about that area, I was like two days away from a gun in the mouth, probably uh, either by my hand or someone else's. Um, maybe not that dark. that might be overstated, but it was it was horrible. And um, to make matters worse, even though it probably was not going to mean anything for me, anyways, the producer that I was working with as a as a hip hop artist um, got signed by Sony and couldn't work with any of his buddies anymore. His lawyers were like, "You can't do this anymore." So I went and found a producer in Toronto. And my buddy Nigel from the Pocket House is driving me to this Pickering ghost station. I'm just, just like, negative. I'm just like, Nigel, I fucking, I, I can't live where I'm living, but I don't have any prospects for jobs. Blah, blah. And he's like, dude, just calm down. And then he got all philosophical. And at the time, I was a little cynical with him. But he was like, listen, dude, hip-hop is in everything. That's the bed track. That bird over there is the snare. Blah, blah. And he started making, like, a point that if you are proactive in uh, sort of changing your life for the better, then you have control and it's and it's a balancing act and that's kind of what hip-hop is anyways so um i'm in i'm at the pickering ghost station and i'm feeling this new kind of like nigel vibe and like kind of positive and over on the other side of the platform i see this disheveled sweaty <laughs> um perplexed person and i'm watching him go uh, and ask people for cigarettes and everyone keeps on denying him and then I, I smoked at the time and uh, I had smoked, but he wasn't going to ask me because I didn't have anyone lit. And he was about to walk by me and I held my pack up and, and it kind of hit him in the chest. And I was like, take one. And he made it seem like I just offered him like, I don't know, a vaccine, polio vaccine in 1920 or something. Because he's like, oh my God, thank you so much. These fuckers, they like, and I was watching. He's right. These, there were the kids that, that were basically smoking in his face and like, uh, I don't smoke or, or, or I don't have any or something. Um, we rode the train together. I'm going to take this over. We rode the train together um, from Pickering to Toronto and just sort of shot the shit. Um, and I'm going to fast forward now. To make a medium-sized short a story stay medium, um, It's that was in... You might have to help me out with this. I think it was early 2000. And so that was 23 years ago. Um, I became his roommate, uh, his business partner for a short time. 
Um, I was the MC at his wedding because at the time I wasn't really trusted well enough to be a best man. have him on the show today because uh and i want to do this more often i want to start and it's not just great great hey hey um <laughs> my 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 son uh, adam can welcome to the show it just said that the stream was down so that's why the awkward intro is happening but um the gentleman that i met that still is my best one of my best friends to this day is Adam Can. Adam, welcome to Blackballed. You kind of brought flop with you um, to fuck with my tech. Um, I don't know what you use for your exciting Still podcast. accountable, James. Still accountable. That's what I'm I like sorry. about you. I take after my <laughs> wife. Okay. I mean, my internet only has 100 megs a second, so I'm, I apologize. Um, That's okay. I'll, oh. I'll, try, I'll try to make it faster next time. Okay, thank you. Um, Adam, you're coming to us today from, I think it's an ecstasy front company. Um, where, are, where are you right now? <laughs> oh. I'm actually in the waiting, uh, the, the waiting lobby on, uh, at a rub and tug. So, oh. yeah. Yeah. I guess I guess Korea that's like going they're to busy. the They're busy that's, today. That's like going to the mothership of rub and tugs, isn't it? Sadly not. That would be Thailand. Wow, you really know the specific prejudicial things to hit. <laughs> Whereas I'm just like willy nilly. <laughs> hey, I'm here. Like uh facts yeah. are facts, James. Um okay, I want I want people to understand something. So um we are good friends. We've had our issues. Uh, don't get me wrong. But that story, uh, although both of us are probably a little bit tired of it because it's been so long. But the, the essence of that story that I was trying to get across anyways, though, is that mm. if you walked by without me giving you a cigarette, um, yeah. you know, I'm not saying our lives would be better or worse, but they would just be totally different. We wouldn't know each other. Um, I wouldn't have met the girl that ended up fucking my uncle. Um, so thank you for that. Um, I You're appreciate welcome. that. And, um, and you wouldn't have been able to see me make your girlfriend do my ironing while in a short towel. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think we're even somewhat um and the other from my perspective it's also like that day i was helping my ex-brother-in-law's friend move in pickering like it's just like why was i there right like yeah because you're not and, that nice and, other, and you don't even like your sister that much at the time i didn't love her to yeah. bits now uh, oh, okay. that's another update oh god yeah that's a that's a story off off air but yeah her yeah. and i are thick as thieves now but um yeah which will be weird for come anyway but yeah that that day so i'm helping my sisters so my ex-brother-in-law's friend move i don't even think it was him and it and the other weird part was i like to eat and there was <laughs> that is weird. we'd finish yeah we'd finish moving and i don't remember any reason that i needed to be back in toronto and i just said ah just, like there was beer there like i it was time to get paid in food and alcohol and i was Someone's like ah, just just someone take me back to this. Yeah, yeah, someone said something to you that was a little curt about the way you were helping or something, and you were like, fuck this. <laughs> don't remember that part. Yeah, but I just, the weird part for me was giving up, you know, as a student with no money, giving up the food and alcohol part. Because I we met in, like, the afternoon, right? Yeah, I don't remember yeah. exactly what time. It must have been early afternoon, like 2 or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So that that's the part that blows my mind the most. And then second <laughs> is that I turned out a meal and alcohol and then secondly <laughs> yeah i never um, saw you do that since <laughs> yeah exactly and then yeah for you to just and i can remember vividly like you 
as you said, like it, I didn't ask lots of people. I know for sure you were the third. Okay, right? I thought I, I saw I you. Have, I do have I some. Sure. I do have some dignity, right? But I, I do remember the yeah, cigarette we'll hitting that. me we'll in the pack. <laughs> I, I remember the cigarette hitting me in the pa- in the in the chest, and I just yeah, yeah I was extremely grateful because uh, I didn't. I don't even think I was a regular smoker at that time. You were. You They're, never really yeah. were. Like you were one of those no. assholes that could be like, I don't think I'm going to smoke for like eight months. You know? Yeah. I'm like, why? Because I can. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Uh, Stupid. Talk to me about. Talk to me about food and addiction. But yeah, anyway. Yeah. Um, um, so anyways, that continues to be one of the only stories that I can recall in detail um, that sort of nibbles the edges of synchronicity and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't, even though, um, like a lot, like that domino knocked over some shit where I was like, oh my God, look, look what's behind that domino. An uncle, he's awful. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? A lot of things were exposed because we became... We became friends and um and i look at that as like you know in all seriousness uh, as the most profound learning experience um i've ever had one because um it was an it was i'm not i'm not trying to say like i was some sort of saint it's a fucking cancer stick but like the unprovoked act of like giving someone something because you can tell that they need it was pure nigel it was like it was not something i would normally do i've done it since but not something that like i would have done back then so all credit goes to nigel for that um and your will like, everything was was perfect that day and after I, look i sound like we're like it'll, we're gonna make an announcement i know <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? But the, like but we will, we we do bust each other's balls. Just, oh, yeah. we do, yeah. Uh, and we'll get, we'll get to we'll get to that yeah. as well. <laughs> the, but if you guys want to make the screen, can you put it in larger font? Because Adam's a blind person. Yeah, so, exactly. Like, half blind. Yeah. Well, whatever it yeah. is, he's handicapped. I don't know. <laughs> I can't tell what it is. Uh, yeah. So that's what we do. We bust each other's balls. But um, but the synchronicity story is good because meeting you hasn't meant that every single thing that's happened because I met you is great. But all of those things were like the most brutal but important learning experiences as well. So you're like the Forrest Gump of synchronicity. <laughs> Something well, like that. I, I, the way I was, because I knew this conversation was coming and I haven't thought about it in a while, uh-huh. but I felt like you and I helped each other grow up. Like, I, how, like, because I've been in Korea so long. Yeah. The amount, like, we helped each other grow up at that age, I just, it was life changing for me. You know what I mean? Like, you think I helped you. Well, I, I think the opposite. You helped me uh, and still do, right? Even though we're super far away, there's never been like absence, you know, out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. It's just anytime I've had a real issue, you know, yeah. So we'll stop the the ass kissing there. But yeah, I couldn't be more thankful. You're my safe space. Aww. And by that, I mean, no, you're the opposite of bottom. what people think. I'm not a, I'm not a you're the opposite of what people think a safe space is. I work in quote unquote academia, so my kind of construction, you know, sort of sense of humor doesn't really fly, you know, around people, you know, you, yeah. dot, dot, dot. Yeah. So like they're, they're not family guy fans. <laughs> well, it doesn't even that. It's just like they, 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 they can't do humor or like, or even if they are, it's the British, like I've got all kinds of anecdotes, but like it's the British council where people, they're British or they're good at banter, but you know, you, there's certain, there's lines you can't cross, but with you, I don't know, as, as the world's gotten more restricted in what you can and can't say, I've always loved that you and I can just just say the worst things ever. Oh, yeah. And it's like, very cathartic for me. <laughs> and for that, I'll always be thankful. Listen, and, and when we say that, we're not talking like we don't drop N-bombs and stuff like that. But we'll like, 
we'll take oh, the no. piss. Out, we'll take the piss out of any culture, just for whatever, especially our own. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I'm five six, so Adam feels well within his rights, and as he should, um, to 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 ask me when my jockey career will start or something mm-hmm. like that. You know what I mean? Um, I'll ask Adam if he needs a cane to cross the sidewalk, even though the yeah. sidewalk is three feet, because he's yeah. got. He's got. Wait, tell him why. You, James, wait, James, James yeah. is small enough to be my seeing eye dog if I ever need one. So true. that's true. that's handy. That's true, and he likes to have me by his side like that, so he can stroke my fur. So, <laughs> exactly. I also thought that you were black uh, when I met you, um, because you like had many people do right. Because you know? when you grow for some unknown miscellaneous reason, Adam grows afro hair, like it's, legit. It's, 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 like it's this short, but it's that curly. You know who you look like. You look like <laughs> you remember one of those nondescript husbands for the older Huxtable girls. The, yeah, like, vaguely, yeah, yes. that guy. You know what I mean? Like you, yeah. you look, you have that guy here. Um, and then I, then I, and then I, you know, I, I got to know your family and stuff. We had a really interesting situation because I've told this story from a totally other angle before, where I, I people are like, "How did you get into the rave scene?" I'm like. Well, it's a pretty simple story, actually. I met somebody, um, and we, you know, we became buds, and so I moved into his place, and there was a third roommate, and that third roommate, at, at the time, I would describe him as um, a person who was uh, you know, big in that scene. Whether or not that bigness was artificially created or not, eh, we, Bingo. We'll, yeah, <laughs> we won't have to go there. <laughs> but I did meet a lot of famous DJs, so um, I like the, the Tiesto stories because what, what, was it, what was the question that you asked Tiesto again? Tiesto's one oh, of the yeah. world's, he's one of the yeah. world's most famous uh, DJs, he's a trans DJ. Yeah. This was like 2000, two, uh, 99 or 2000 or something. Mm-hmm. And um, um, the, th- the good thing about being a uh, club promoter or an, or, an, or an events promoter is that there was a general acceptance um, to do hardcore drugs while you worked, like ecstasy and things like that. So it was like, right. it was, the community understood that, <laughs> that it was okay for some reason to, uh, to get all fucked up. Um, and then for some reason you were tasked with interviewing Tiesto. Yeah. Um, tell us what happened and what question did you ask? Well, our super <laughs> sketchy, and you know why I choose that word, uh, business yes. partner, again, I don't know why I choose that word um, <laughs> slash dictator uh, right before the interview, he was going to do it. And then he got worried because he owed people money in like Calgary. <laughs> and then last minute, like I was just a lackey. Like I, I can tell, I, I feel comfortable in saying like what I was. And then suddenly it's like, if, in my mind, oh, it was like yeah. minutes before it was like, uh, you do it. And I didn't prepare a thing. So, two three questions in i remember the question it was hey fancy you know dj (laughs) what part of what part of amsterdam are you from like it was a country right and just like yeah just no but but it was even dumber than that because you were like oh uh, oh, really oh have you ever traveled to the netherlands (laughs) or something like like, no not that dumb but like i that was where like that's where my brain just is like we're not remembering this anymore because <laughs> it was like oh that my- question. And it was just like, you know what? Bra- my brain has just like pushed it down. Cause you yeah. know, it's, I've been, it was, I've been, yeah, go ahead. It was, it was yeah, pathetic. <laughs> um, just to, just on that, I, I've been having, um, I don't want to call them senior moments. Cause I think they're, I think they're edible moments, but they're not mm. where I'll be like interviewing somebody or, or making a comment or even just in conversation. And I, I know where I'm going with the point. And when I'm halfway to it, I forget the, the beginning and end of it. 
I, I'm just completely like, what was I fucking just talking about? I've done it on this podcast on Casual Fridays now numerous times. Hmm. Um, yeah. I, I'm a, Edible <laughs> moment or just, you know, these stories can get long and windy and yeah, it's hard to get you find the way back. I'm serious. I'm trying to give you the benefit of the doubt. The benefit, um, Jake, sometimes your meandering, boring tales can be a little bit meandering and boring. No, I get it, though. I've been doing you're that. An you're an attention whore. Let's just get, yeah, it's just, that's. And, uh, I, I do not seek attention. I'm a little bit of a whore, but I don't. Actually, what's the difference? That's like uh, redundant, isn't it? <laughs> not really. Well, the whores don't wear nondescript outfits, right? They wear things to get attention. You could be a whore on the down low, right? You could be like uh Oh, I know. Yes, you yeah. can, Adam. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I should tell that story. What's it? Oh, no, maybe I shouldn't tell the story. No, I'll tell it because I have to know. I, that's a rule, by the way, on Blackball. If you like, hey, you know, I have a really good story about Cynthia, but I can't say it on air. Yeah. I, like, I eject those people. So now I have to follow my story. I just won't name names. Right. Um, but there was someone that I dated in high school. Uh, who um, who was kind of kinky, kind of the person that, um, like the first time I heard her say something filthy when we were having sex, I was almost just like, how dare you, young lady? Like, it was so shocking to me. Like, it was, mm. I, I didn't know what to do. I was like, oh, you're fine, that's crazy. And now, of course, um, yeah, I have no issues with that at all. Um, so we're, we find ourselves both single at the same time. And um, we had dinner. And, um, and, you know, we had sex and we're, we're, we're buds. We didn't, we knew that we weren't going to fall in love. So then she proposes to me that, um, she says like, she hasn't been able to find anyone that can give her what she needs, um, because they're too afraid. Cause she likes certain things. And, um, and she's like, would you do it? And anyways, long story short, um, every, you know, I don't know what it was like once a month or twice a month for like a year, I went over there and, and, and followed her detailed instructions <laughs> and she paid me like 300 bucks. Can I tell you that the getting paid kind of made it hot? I don't know. Is it really prostitution if you know the person? No, but yeah. I think taking money kind of makes it prostitution. I'm saying it probably reestablished the erection. <laughs> yeah. That, you know, it's getting paid for that. I don't know. I, it, it seems so theatrical and like absurd to me. Like when we were in a holodeck program or something like, well, how is this happening? So you just, you just want to let that ride, right? Like you don't want to spoil that. Well, for me, it's pretty shocking that I've I have never heard that story before. Um, you, so I'm just trying to figure out if you met her. I think you have once. So that uh, to 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 not hear a juicy one like that, you've come to terms with something. So I come to terms, <laughs> I think, with not announcing that stuff in public. Unfortunately, I just went back on that. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you also taught me to to suck it up, um, because you came back um, a year after uh, my bad breakup, and I, I I don't know what was happening, but I was uh, we were walking back to my house and I was upset and I was just like, and you stopped me and you're like, it's been a year, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, <laughs> what is there is there a certain time amount that we go by, <laughs> you know? Hey, relative I, to how old we were then, a year's a long time. Yeah, that was so. That was like 19 years ago now. That's, well, that's, yeah, that's, we're, we're, let's just say like of our like conscious life, that's like five percent of your life, right? Like what, 20 years? Yeah, roughly. Yeah. So yeah, when you're 20, you when you're 22 or 23, that's a a year's a chunk, man. Now it's a now it's a yeah. week. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's um so many learnings. Like there's people that I, I mean, I didn't enjoy that breakup. I don't know if you knew if, if you're aware of this or not. Not well. It's the one time that I had to filter myself, right? Because oh, but how so? 
Well, when you told me this is how bad we are, like for anyone who cares, like when you told me about, you know, the uncle and, and the whatnot, I told you, like, one of my first thoughts was the stupid uncle fucker song from South Park. Right. I wrote a whole rap with that as the hook. <laughs> but I didn't say it. I at least waited two weeks to a month before I said it. And then I admitted that I felt guilty that that came to my mind. And you're like, it's all right, you piece of shit. <laughs> Honestly, there, there comes a point. There's like a tipping point in guy in guy friendships where if you go over the edge, um, it's either you're either going over the uh, falls in a barrel that's secure right. or you're not right. Like, um, you know, and so, yeah, <laughs> it would be interesting to see a third party there. Try to make that joke with one of us and us being like, sorry, what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> you know? Well, that's the beauty of friendship, isn't it? And that's what I mentioned about the safe space is yeah. we don't have to filter each other. And we both know that we, Oh my God, this is lame. But we come from a, a position of love and rather than hug each other, we say something so, so psychologically hurtful. Yeah, it actually shows that we know the other person that well, <laughs> yeah. if that makes sense. It does make sense. And yeah, so yeah. it's actually, it's actually bro love. <laughs> we we were doing that one year at Christmas at your parents' house and your mom was just like, I don't, I don't, I don't think this is healthy. Cause I would, yeah. I, but I kept going though. I was, it's like, we were drunk all the time. And I was like, uh, Adam, you know, the only reason your parents sent you the Canadian national Institute of the blind is because they were just tired of your knocking your fucking ass into all the furniture here at home. <laughs> yeah. like that. And your mom's like, that's not true, Adam. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> yeah. I, like, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 So you, you've been in Korea now for like 20 years when you left, how long did you think you were going to go for? Because I thought you were going to last like three months. <laughs> it's I don't know how like how much time you have, but it's kind of like you bring up memories. And uh, like I, okay, when I, I remember being on the plane ride, right? From, I think it was from like Chicago. I connected in Chicago and I was Chicago going to Korea the first time. And it was the, the weirdest moment at, to that point in my life because I was excited to go somewhere different. But the reason I was going there is because I was a loser. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's expand so on like, that for a second. What do you mean? Well, well, you know, like I you were, you were, e you were easily, you know, lost in a crowd here, kind of thing. Like you didn't stand out. Well, I was happy to leave, right? Like I, Canada wasn't really doing it for me at that time. And like <laughs> when I graduated university, it wasn't the best economy. It wasn't like as bad as it is now, let's say, but it wasn't the best and here's a place that's going to offer me a job. And, you know, I graduated university. I thought I could get a job in some company. I worked for like a year and a half and I love that experience, uh, you know, selling snake oil. Um, <laughs> and then, and then it was just like, but Finally, you know, I've always been, I've, in this product. Yeah. I, I just, you know, it's, just, I've always been honest with myself or at least tried to be. And I was, like I said, I was excited to go, but part of me knew that I was a loser and it, it, shamefully it did bring a, a tear to my eye while i was you, like you told yeah, me something like that you, you told me something like that once you did you're like and it, was, and it wasn't like a, a screed against north american women um no. you know but it was like you're like james like i i could i could be here and compete for jobs and can you know try to find really nice women and then but it's all on a, this and that and you're you said it something to the effect of you go there and i'm told that um women who are like really gorgeous won't look at you like you're you're not in their league 
Like yeah. they don't they don't do that over there. So that duds like yourself, like you just said, um, can yeah. actually find themselves with a nine on their arm, um, like exactly. you have. And your yeah. wife, to her credit, although clearly the joke doesn't land right because it's not true at all, but she's like, you, t- you told her the joke because I, you know, yeah, so I, I, it's I, funny. Yeah, because I posted, I think it was on Facebook or, or Twitter, um, that uh, I'm like, Adam's wife is nine and Adam is a five, right? And yeah. then Adam told his wife, and his wife's like, well, Jamie's a one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And I was just like, but she didn't mean it. it. But then I sent it and she was mad at me. She's like, why did you send that? I'm like, because it's funny. And she's like, but it's mean. I'm like, what do you think we do? Like, that's yeah, okay. Anyway. That's okay. I sent her a dick pic in return. That's fine. Fair enough. Um, it's actually yeah. a picture of a pick that you use for hair and it just has the word dick on it. So, Fair. okay. <laughs> it's for your hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a pick I use to comb my dick hair. I don't know. Um, wow. What were we talking about? But yes. Um, yeah. So one of the, one of the realizations like for, for, yeah, for Asian ladies, I am much more attractive. Okay. There was a show years ago and this is where I finally realized like, Oh, this is what they prefer. So there was a show. Do you remember prison break? I do. Okay. Younger. I saw a me. few episodes. I don't remember. Like uh, anyway, I just, younger, I just remember a good-looking looked, guy trying to get out. That's what I remember. Well, but that's the thing. I always thought the older brother, like for our standard, is more handsome. Like he had an older brother, and he was like bigger and bigger face. But Asian people, they were obsessed with the younger guy, the guy who is in, you know, the the smart guy. That says and a lot I, about uh, Asian uh, movie producers, I think. Well, anyway, they. I kind of, I kind of look like that guy. So for like a year in Korea, when that show was popular, wow, life was pretty good because I kind of looked like him. Yep. Did you ever milk it? Were you ever like, I am? Oh, for sure. No, (laughs) no. But they're a very vain bunch here. Like you know, they they're more like, especially except for apparently uh, spelling. Yeah, but. Anyway, it's a vain culture. I'll leave it at that. Very superficial. So if you're handsome, the world is your oyster. And they have a different definition of handsome. So lucky for me. What's the definition of handsome there? Half-blind, Afro, pale skin? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They're racist, so you got to have white skin, right? Oh, my God, really? So you never let your hair grow out there then anymore? (laughs) Well, it doesn't matter because it's still the skin is white. That's all they care about. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tom Segura is the only comedian I've seen nail this. And he talks about how he's working with a Japanese producer and the Japanese producer was being a little racist towards one of the Filipino like stagehands or whatever you call them or grips. And then Segura's like, well, what was that? And the Japanese guy does this. And it's, it's a really funny what, do bit. It again, it's do it again. Like, do it, what did you do? Like just shame, rub, shame, rub, but on your tongue. Okay. Yeah, I'd love yeah, like rubbed his gotcha. skin color. Like, because Segura's like, well, why don't you like that person? And and he nailed it because that is, I mean, it's getting better. It is, but like, how do, how do you know it's getting better? Mm. You mean people are hiding their hatred better? <laughs> no, be, at least how you say, at least the media here is trying to like, like be more open minded. Like, yeah. there's all these cool guys on like Korean TV that speak Korean fluently and they they follow their lives. So definitely the image of like, you know being you know different like being black it, it, they they they've they've made an attempt to try to like curb the relation racism like i've i've heard stuff dude oh, a dude yeah like the the n-word in korean older people still use it casually 
and it's just like wow <laughs> whoa dude there's there's different kinds of racism there's like american white guy racism that is like even the history can't make you not a racist which means that you are fucking racist right like like like, yeah. it's like the everything um it feels like and i could be totally wrong about this but it feels like um like the old man uh japanese racist thing is really like uh, if you talk to him he'd be like i've never been around black people ever in my life um and they look so crazy different from me that i just want to do that like it doesn't feel like it's visceral hatred it's more like ignorance and a lack of familiarity i could be totally wrong about that but they don't seem too eager to invest their time into learning about other cultures in order to judge them you know hi i'm steve yurko and i'm tara sands now available from maji media is our new podcast four kids flashback Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Yeah, I, I don't I don't want to pretend like I know what the mindset is. Yes, it, they're not like they're not the ancestors of, you know, slave owners per se, right. but it's, it's also weird, right? Like, it's just like, what did you just say that word? Like, yeah, I, they say it where I live. That makes you like, I've heard it here a couple of times. I've heard it yeah, here from, I, I've heard it. Sometimes the most disturbing ones are the ones that are preambled with like, and we're, listen, before I say this story, we're just talking about candy. And it's like, right. oh my God, like you don't have to say N-word toes. You don't, you know, like, because I get it. They called the, they called the toffee that you're eating N-word toes when you were a kid. But Aunt right. Debbie, you're 76 now. The story's yeah. old. And when you retell it, just drop the fucking end palm. Like we were, yeah. I was talking, I was talking to someone the other and, day. And, and don't, yeah. don't look like you ha you're happy to have an excuse to say it. <laughs> like that's see that's exactly what i what i was about to say yeah. in, in an example of that um was that uh, i was talking about it with someone on the podcast the other day about how they're like james come on when you're listening to your favorite nas track and you're by yourself you don't say it i'm like i actually don't because for some reason i have a visceral response to myself saying that word and i know where exactly where it comes from i was like 18 and um i i had never done this before and and the, i'm glad i did it to nigel and not some other guy because uh, I went to his house to, to go record and he opens the door and I was like, my N word with an A. Right. And, uh, and he, and he just looks at me and he's like, James, come on in. We got to talk. <laughs> right? and I was like, okay, I was 17 or 18 or something. And he, yeah. he just, and you know, he's, he explained to me before fucking the media did or any teacher, this is like 1992, 93 or something. My buddy, Nigel told me, um, why the double standard uh, is actually something that makes sense. And I actually think that society itself has co-signed the double standard and understands it. We're, 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 sure. we're nuanced enough to understand the N-word politics. I think we can do almost anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? like, but, but like I said, get, to get back to Korea, like it's, it's getting like 
from when I came here, first came here, and when I from now, it's 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 leaps and bounds, like you said. It I think it falls more into the ignorant category yeah. rather than like the hateful category. And I I think that's a really yeah solid point because I remember like walking with my first girlfriend in Korea, and was she Korean? Yes, and the hatred, the the eyes, and some of the comments. Yeah, not not the best, James. Not the what best. comments about you? About her? Oh, they did they yeah. look at your eyes? Like, geez, why, why didn't they leave her alone? Well, because she was with a a Western person. She oh, was a slut. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. That sort of opens up a whole new like understanding of why your wife's dad hated you so much for for that. No. Nope. Actually, the dad didn't hate me. You're misremembering. It was strange. The mom hated me. The dad actually liked me because when he met me, he just like he's a pretty liberal dad. Um, he's mm. conservative and crazy conservative in some ways. But for when he met me, he just like asked his my wife at the time or at the time asked my girl, whatever. He asked her, like, do you like him? And she he just liked that. I see unit calm. two, six, eight, one. Sorry. And that I seem strong. He's like, he looks like he's healthy. And you look That's happy That together. thing you were talking about, where average men look like towering lumberjacks. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're 5'9", like 185 Ten. pounds or something. 10. Yeah. <laughs> I, I need every inch I can get, James. Come on. Yes. Yes. Uh, um, but anyway, no, but, the, the, yeah. but yeah, like, so it was the mom that was like, no, thank you. Um, so yeah, it was weird. Because usually the stereotype is, and all my friends who have tried to, tried or have married korean ladies um it's always the dad but my situation was weird it was the mom but her and i get along well and that's you another know, thing i really i really respect about not everybody you know it's it's but the slightly different culture is like she dug in her heels pretty hard but that's it right there's there's no long-term it's resentment it's just it's all love you know what i mean so so she's for over that, it. I, she's over it oh dude yeah once she was over it that was it she was over it let me ask you there's this. no like lingering comments or yeah let me is she hot the mom no okay because you're you're supposed to look at the mom if you want to know what your wife is going to look like so you just called your wife not very hot i'm, I'm a little concerned about this son it's okay she looks more like the dad and uh yeah he's pretty hot so oh, great <laughs> you well go. you're so progressive <laughs> hey, i try yeah. Um. Tell me. Tell uh, the audience a little uh, story. Uh, the story about your career arc in in Korea. So you went over there, and at the time, I believe it was like one of those sort of like not run of the mill jobs for teaching English, but like what a beginner would probably get working for a company. Was it called the Chicago Company or something like that? No, anyway, it was called. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. So so when you first went there, um, you were there for let's just say two three years, and then you started to do shit, and I was like, holy fuck, this guy is like taking full on um, opportunity to double up on where he's at. And I don't know. Do you have a doctorate now? No. Okay, good. <laughs> I don't know why good, but, but tell, tell, tell me, yeah, just give us an elevator sort yeah. of a synopsis on your career. In the well, last 20 years. I went over, I went over with the qualifications of being white, as I mentioned before, which they wow. prefer and so English as a first language. Yeah. And, uh, why am I the only screen? Because uh, anyway. this is called the isolation shot where you're telling a story. And so I don't want to have to sit there like this when I feel like scratching my nose, right? That's... For some reason, it made me shy. All right, so... <laughs> he was in the I pool. Can't, I can't be double the size. Um, anyway, so 
I went over it for the year with the qualifications of being white, speaking English, and having a university degree. Mm. And then from there, uh, I, I guess, I, I guess I decided. Like, I came back to Canada the first year. I'm like, you know, I want to have a go at it, and uh, but I want to do something different. I don't want to just teach kids because that's what I was doing the first year. And then luckily, I got into working with adults, and that's when I really enjoyed starting to sleep you with know, students. Oh. What? No, I'm just kidding. I'm not just... necessarily, but anyway, but yeah, anyway. So <laughs> don't and then add an adverb there... in a sentence like that, Adam. <laughs> Jesus, mm, anyway. Not entirely. I got, I got one, I got one teaching degree, which really kind of opened the door and made me actually enjoy teaching. And then from so what, there, what, what, I got what into what kind of job? Would, I, I need to interject so that people understand because I think a yeah. lot of people think that people go over there and teach English, and everyone is sort of the same, but it's not like that at all. Right. Um, right. So how did how did your position start to sort of deviate from the typical first one to three year English teacher in Korea, and 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 it's a it's not a a, a a typical path for most people, is it? No, I yeah I I went kind of backwards. Like I got lucky. I I did a degree, um, like a small teaching degree, but it's it's quite well known in whatever my field and. I got into a university. So my third year in Korea, I started working at a university and that's when I did my master's. Cause I'm like, mm. you know, I want to, I guess I'm going to do this. Right. And I, I wanted to get a master's cause usually you need to have a master's degree to work at a university. Uh, but the person that hired me just really liked the degree that I had gotten. Mm. And so I did my master's degree and then I went to work for a better university and then I worked for a British company. So I worked for, like a national university, like quite a big one. I only worked there one year because the company I really wanted to work for was called the British Council. I was the only Canadian there. I've got some uh, interesting stories from working there, and that was definitely my most enjoyable. Did you sign an NDA, teaching. Adam? An NDA? Oh no, no. I'm just saying, like being the only North American in like a British and Australian work environment, it, it's pretty like being a slight minority. You, oh, you I get to learn. That'd be funny. Do they get offended if you do really bad British or Scottish accents? No, okay. uh, but funny you <laughs> should say safe. that. I'd be safe. But it's funny you should say that. Mm -hmm. They don't mind throwing around their terrible American accent. Oh, I hate it when they do. The, you, the Russians no. are really bad at that too. No, but here's here. This is a little because who cares about my career arc? Um, so <laughs> I ha I was working at the British Council, and the one my thing my audience cares, Adam. No, they don't. They don't care. Yeah, because I'm very important. Yeah. Um, but they might find this story funny. So I work at the British Council. I'm the minority. I'm the only North American working there. And it's quite a progressive country. Talk about the country. privileged minority, but go on. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Anyway, so they would love to come over and, you know, joke. And, and British people are the best for this. They can really joke around. But I had this one gay coworker, and he came over, and he, and this is how they would imitate my accent like hey adam did you get a new bag that's really awesome look at that bag where did you buy it did, did you get it at the store and i'm less like and then he's like chris he's not like dave uh dave Chappelle. yeah but then i respond i said because he was gay yeah. and i thought we were friends i was like oh stop it james stop teasing me about my bag seriously it's just a bag and i and, and i i kind of go back at him. there's nothing wrong with that especially if that guy was oh like, oh he had a problem with that. He was, oh. his mouth dropped open. He was aghast. Like, you can't do that. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I go, how many Canadians work here? He's like, well, you. I go, how many gay coworkers do we have? He's like, well, maybe five or six. I'm like, so who, not, who's, but, who's, okay. who's, who's outing, like, weakest. who's making fun? Of? <laughs> I disagree, James. I disagree. He wants, you want to make fun of accents? For, Bring first it. of all, but I don't you, believe. 
I don't believe in the whole hierarchy of victimology anyway, so it's like it doesn't even matter. Oh, neither do I. But you right. got it. You can't. You can't just like make a fake accent and then you know someone does their their own little lispy you know homosexual accent back. You can't be offended, can you? You should have just told them that was just your British accent. <laughs> oh no, I go over the top. Like imagine John Stewart's accent. That's how I imitate them. Like oh really? Because the thing is, if you ever say. Like that kind no, of thing? No, I do the Queens. Like, oh, isn't this just lovely? Like, that is my <laughs> British accent. Like, I go full do like, what you queen. Know. Do what you oh, know. Oh, dude. Yeah. Because for them, as soon as you say British accent, they get their panties in a twist. Yeah. Because it's just like. Except their panties are often full body. Oh, yeah. They're knickers. They're, they're, the they're girdles. They're girdles. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, now made because... with real orphans or something. I don't know. Like the way they nitpick over where they're from, oh, dude, it's yeah. unbelievable. It's just I don't like think if you're, I've ever cared about anything, you know. If you're uh, from Northumberland, or if you're uh, from Newcastle, or sorry, New Newcastle, and and this, like, they always think that the people from the south are trying to fuck the people from the north, and it's just all like, <laughs> oh, dude, it's and human beings. It's hilarious. Is it like no. what's that? What's that um, game where it's all pixelated? And it's like it's it's famous. Pac Man? No, it's like a it's like a game where you build shit. War oh, or something. No, no, no. Um, God, we're old. Um, I don't Minecraft. It Minecraft. Minecraft. Yeah. It feels. Does the world feel like that sometimes? Where it's just like, what is going on? What? Listen, because uh, it happens in Italy, north and south. It happens in Holland, north and south, and they're always really sus suspicious. And it's just like, do you guys even know what you're? You know what it's like. It's yeah. like nations have turned into Habs and Leaf fans, you know, like the most vitriolic. And they're yeah. all like, and that's sort of what polarization is now. And it's like, right. you know, if they win, oh, something must have been wrong with the other team. Uh, the referees must have had it in, but like, there's always some sort of reason yeah. um, why, why the hated team won. It is so odd to me, especially to watch a bunch of different shades of white oh, at, dude. at yeah. tribal. And it's just like, wow. Yeah. So it's really kind of a human thing then, you know? Well, and they also have like a big private school system there, or as they call it, the public school system, which is bizarre. So anyway, um, and it get, if you ever credit. get like, a, well, if you credit. get a real British person on and they, they speak candidly, like they, they expect you to stay in your place. Like they, they, it's not like North America where, you know, we cheer for like, you know, the success story or the Rudy. It's just like Rudy would be like, he would be told like, no, 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 you don't try out. <laughs> <laughs> like in England, like, yeah, like you're, you're not in the right class and, and any real, like I have some real, like honest friends and they say, yeah, we suck. This is where we suck. Right. Like, yeah, we they can't, suck. The, the British suck in a lot of areas. To be honest with you. <laughs> There's a few of them. That one's bad. The, um, um, I, my sister's, uh, mar was married to a, 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 like a, a first generation Canadian, but from a long line of Brits and his parents still have right. accents. Accents and all that, right. and um, yeah, I, I I ended up getting to know them. Then they got divorced or whatever, and then the pandemic hit a few years later. And I remember thinking, um, I was I was watching something, and someone was saying there was like a mental health expert, and they were saying something like, you know, uh, COVID has really uh, changed families. Uh, you know, people are aren't communicating as much as they used to. They're not visiting each other anymore. And I turned to whoever I was with, and I was like, oh, so it's the British disease. <laughs> I don't care if I see my family ever again. Oh, tra-la-la-la-la. -la -la -la. <laughs> you know, like, do do you remember 
one of the funniest things you've ever said to me is when I moved back to Canada for two months. Okay, that was the funniest thing you've ever done. So I had a lot of material at that time. Well, and maybe I felt a little entitled because I lived in Asia and I saw the way family dynamics were here or there for when I was in Canada. You guys didn't even put three children in the dresser drawer to sleep at night. What the fuck? I, I was a little shocked. God, I hope my parents never watch this because I love them to bits. But I was a little shocked at how hands-offish they were. <laughs> what? Oh, you're talking about Dung Ching or whatever that's called? No, I'm saying like oh. when I came back to Canada, like I was, I was kind of surprised how like I don't know. Again, oh, maybe the unruly I, like, kids. The unruly kids. No, 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 no. Like my own family. Yeah. Okay. Just how how they didn't really want to help out that uh, much. Yeah. Right. Or yeah. how not present they were, like somebody would always look at a screen when they were with our baby daughter, like just really not yeah. present behavior. And I remember complaining to you about these kind of things. And you said, did you forget that you're white? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it just destroyed me. <laughs> <laughs> and it still does. Because I it my... just... Yeah, because I was so like annoyed, and you're just like you just like lean back, and it's just like boom, and I <laughs> oh oh, Does, that looks like your your eye might be swollen. Let me let me put a cheese grater on it. Oh <laughs> my god, and it just it just I've been making know, like that said, point. I've been making yeah. that point for years. Um, I've dated um a few women of color and Latin women, and if you date like say let's just say for example like a Latin woman for two weeks. And you meet mm. her family for some reason after one, whatever. Yeah. You feel closer to her family after week two than you will after eight years in a British family. It, it just or, is. Or most white Canadian families, James. White Canadian. But there's a whole bunch. This is actually something that I might write a book on one day because it, it's so interesting. I, I talked about it on the other podcast. I, I think, I don't know if anyone's ever talked. I'm sure people have talked about it sort of or nibbled the edges. But mm. especially in Ontario, Southern Ontario, um, our, my, my mom's still a Dutch citizen. Uh, my dad was full Italian, but a Canadian citizen. But both of their houses had Dutch and Italian shit happening. Mm. And then the house that we grew up in didn't have any Dutch shit, didn't have any Italian shit. So wh- what does that mean? Someone shook the Etch-a-Sketch, and we're now creating culture for yeah. the first time in our family trees in like probably 2,000 years or something like that. And what did we create? We created video games, drugs, um, hip hop, which is good, um, you know, uh, uh, c- commerce, you know, road hockey, I guess, uh, something like that. But there was, th- but that's it. And then they passed, then what did they pass down? The newer version of the things that they created as part of their culture. And I think what it did, it just, it kind of, it kind of fucked up a lot of people. Like we don't have, maybe we have a DNA memory of culture and now that's being deprived. I don't know how it works, but like there, the only reason that. You know, we're hoping for, for our kids because it's going to, it's not going to, it's going to be nondescript. Yeah. Am I frozen right now? Nope. You just unfroze on my end. Yeah. Oh, now it's just nope. me. Now you're on the that's, other side. That's All right. Anyways, I don't know what part of that was cut off, but I, we don't have a culture in the suburbs because we were making it up yeah. because nothing was passed down, basically. Yeah. Um, and 
Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. And and now, you know, I've lived here for a long time and just seeing people with a culture like this is how much food you should eat. You know what I mean? Like just 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 that little thing or it's yeah. just like this is this is how much rice you eat in a meal. Like whereas it feels like my diet has changed like five times in my life. Like I remember in like the 90s when I was trying to be like a very healthy person. And at that time it was like, don't eat eggs. <laughs> it's like, yeah. what? buy like, tight shirts. you remember <laughs> yeah or or don't don't eat meat just eat lots of carbohydrates like that was a thing in our culture like and i still yeah, get people they, now they, like wow yeah. you eat two eggs a day i'm like yeah because it's basically nature's multivitamin they're like the don't, don't you worry about the cholesterol like, holy crap dude there's a great <laughs> skit in the simpsons about this um about how like uh carl or lenny or orders eggs or something like that and i think right. carl's like Hey, aren't you worried about the uh, the sodium or whatever it is, the uh, cholesterol? And then Lenny's like, he just pulls like a brilliant stat out of his ass. He's like, actually, there's been a lot of uh, discrepancy on whether or not eggs do carry that. And then, and then I looked it up after I saw that episode. And sure enough, the latest one is that, and it's like that for all animal fat. Animal fat apparently isn't the cholesterol monster. It's other things. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we, we don't want to make this a Rogan podcast. No, um, but no, yeah. no. I'm not advising you guys to eat anything except for Joe Rogan's wife. That's it. Oh, yes. Um, what? Anyway, but what were we talking about? Yeah, the no culture thing. It's it's pretty yeah. pretty fascinating. But that that joke you made was, yeah, it just it was just true, and it just made everything feel better. <laughs> you gave me similar advice. You gave me similar advice once because I was disturbed at the. Um, I received information that my new girlfriend. Um, kind of promiscuous in her past and loved giving multiple blowjobs at the same time. Um, or whatever. And uh, and I was like... I regret I, this advice, by the way, but go no, but on. I, no, but I, I was like... I was distraught, not because I was like, is she going to be doing that all the time now? But because it just ran so counter to uh, what I believed. I had values for at a time in a girlfriend... Obviously, there's a primal kind of like man thing that just doesn't like that. Yeah. Um, you know, and you were like, and it was so simple. It was like getting advice from um, Winnie the Pooh or something. Because you were like, we've all been kids, man. And it was years later where I was like, I don't know many kids that suck two dicks at once. Yeah. Yeah. Wait a second. What, what, what kind of childhood did Adam have? What kind of childhood did Adam have? Why did I give him props on that advice? Like, what is going on? I never thought about that. But but I never thought about that going forward unless I was masturbating. So it all worked out, right? Fair like enough. <laughs> yeah. I can't do these late shows. Eh? Um, I, I, I did Casual Fridays, and um, I got mad. I'm not going to do that to you. But I got mad at, like, Ryan and Ashley because I, I, I felt, and I haven't watched it, but I felt there were moments like this. And, yeah, and then uh, and so I think that, that you know, the, the politics should land somewhere in the middle or whatever it was I said. And, and Ashley's just like this. Okay, um, it's like you can't do that. And so I, I, I should have just made a mental note, but I kept on spitting out the stuff that I was thinking right out of my cry hole. Mm. Yeah, I That's had to, okay. I, I had to feature that Adam as like the main selling point of it because it's so glaring to me. Right. You know I mean? Yeah. Anyway, just to fast forward the rest, like yeah, yeah. just I'm back, I'm back uh, working at a uni, and it's easy, and I do some like side teaching with Chinese students for IELTS and have a small YouTube channel and yeah, that's the part that I enjoy. I, I um, are you, is, is, um, are you staying there permanently? Is there any plans to come back? 
Not not right away, that's for sure. Um, yeah. Maybe okay, can before. We, can we tell a little bit more of the story? Just because it was it was a little too quick for the significance of it. But um, long story short, and then you can explain the details. I was all excited to have my buddy back. Adam's mm. like moving back with his family. He gets here. And then, like a week later, he's like, "Yeah, I, I, I'm moving home again. I'm moving back to Korea again." I'm like, "You just got here. I hate it here. <laughs> you were just so anti. You were anti-government service at building. I, I think. I think uh, I remember specifically. Or was it the CNIB? I can't remember who it was, but it was like there, there was mm. an organization where you're like, "Oh my god, <laughs> like he won't protect my daughter." Was it was it daughter health insurance or something? Uh, well, there's a couple things. Even though my daughter was a Canadian citizen. She wasn't entitled, so she we moved back because she was my an daughter, baby, right? Well, my daughter, like me, was born with cataracts, <coughs> That's right. so that was the reason we moved back mainly, right? Is to give her <coughs> the best care possible. And we, we, the, the, I say that, but the treatment we'd already received in Korea was unbelievable, right? And again, I can't really compare, but you know, when something traumatic like that happens, like it was the you know, one of the lowest points in my life, like here's my greatest genetic default here you go daughter like yay um That's top so, five genetic default but go on mm -hmm. yeah yeah um so anyway <laughs> what was i saying so we moved back and then we go to you know we go to the sick kids hospital and they're like yeah that'll be five hundred dollars i'm like uh but she's it's like yeah but your ohip doesn't kick in for three months until oh. three months after you move back i'm just like <laughs> oh my god fair enough that was strike one, and it only took two strikes. The other strike was, um, well, it's your third home strike. Country. Yeah. I, well, I the third strike you. was family. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, the second strike was, uh, you can't imagine the paperwork at that time to sponsor your wife to be a Canadian citizen. It's a lot. Why did and, your wife? Did your wife write it? Is that why? <laughs> anyway there's a lot of paperwork. these are all wife jokes about my wife by the way you know that anyway picture you have to show pictures you have to write people at the wedding like there's a lot of things you had to do it's a little bit easier now but like at that time it, it was and i was so busy new child full anyway do it all james and this was in november 2015 right mm. and send it in in november well the canadian government the immigration send it back to me Ugh. And they're like, no, 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 no. The forms changed. You have to, this is all like you have to start again. You have to use these other forms. The forms came out in December. Dude, the, okay. First of all, yeah, I, I hear you. I, I don't know how many, how much more inner uh, nitty gritty details we need to give the audience because I think they understand the red tape in this country is ridiculous. It's often unfair. Often it's a mistake that the government makes that you have to pay for, and I've seen it happen mostly with passports since COVID. Yeah. Take the pictures, send it in. They don't process it for six months. They send the pictures back, say the picture's too old. You're like, I sent it in the oh. fucking day after. <clears throat> you know? Why doesn't and, this surprise me at all? <laughs> um, but I, but I, I predict, and, and I could totally be wrong about this. I don't think I am, but I could totally be wrong. That um, the thing that really allowed you to make such a strong decision was that you knew your wife didn't want to live in Canada anyway. <laughs> right? Like mm. that... Like, if she loved Canada and never wanted to leave, would you be like, fuck it, we're going home? You'd be like, oh, well, I think we could make it work. Like, you know. I, I just sick, think there was, si your there was too much husband, going on. Your sitcom yeah. husband's spirit would kick in and you'd be like, whatever you say, dude. Right? Yeah, maybe. But it's just, and the way my family was behaving at that time was also really embarrassing, to say the least. 
Um, so because that was really the final like, straw. Baseball bat in the trunk, that thing. <laughs> hey, he was a union guy. What do you? What do you? What do you want? Just, I'm surprised it was that small. There's no such thing as the union. I get it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that was the that was the last straw. It's just um, you know you 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 come back with expectations that people are going to get along and not that was be just petty. so ballsy though. That was just like at the time I was just like this. So he's complaining about the stubbornness of his family as he announces moving back to Korea after 10 days. <laughs> I need, I need some yeah. time to, you know, only a member of that family would make a choice like that in that moment. Yeah. Right? Fucking yeah. But you, but it was probably the right decision. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, now I'm... you live in the drug den of a Korean kingpin. So that's great. Yep. yep. That's and, a fake uh... background, everybody. Why do you use a fake background? Because I have a green screen behind me, uh, I should have moved the camera around. Is your, around. You is your see computer the bolted to the to the to, to the table? No, but it's a desktop, and it's just it was a bit of a pain in the arse. And I don't have like a really. I'm just looking around my office now. I guess I could tidy up over there and put a background. But James, if we do this again, I'll, I'll flip it around. We'll get a little more. Little I don't more see real. why we would. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nice. You can go. Um, you, no, you can come on Casual Friday though anytime you want. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll be we'll bump some of the people that have been there a lot, um, and we'll uh, we'll put your ass up there so people can be like, "Hey, how you doing, Adam? What, tell us about Jamie." Actually, you never call me that, so that's good. No, no. Yeah, just just if I'm being silly, but yeah, if I'm if around your old friends or your family, it seems yeah. funny. But other than that, that, it's not. No, I don't really want to be around anybody. <laughs> I don't want to be around. Like I, I want to see. My, I haven't seen my family at all. I haven't seen my family since because of COVID because you're far away. Well, that would be part of it. We have not a stalemate. It's not an impasse really, but um, I've decided recently I'm never going to get my driver's license. I don't feel comfortable. I just don't feel comfortable driving. And I'm always, I always have this nagging feeling that like, Oh yeah. Oh, you're totally going to die in a car accident when you go, no, no matter what, that's how you're going to go. I can't shake that for some reason. And, and, and the first time that I drove after years, I had my learner's permit and Michelle and the kids and I went to Santa's village and you just got to drive through Algonquin park or whatever. And um, I'm driving. So it's like, I think it's 90 or 80 or something like that. The speed limit. And I see, Oh, it was so sad. I see like eight raccoons and like five or six of them are babies. And it, there's blood all over the highway and they're all dead. And I'm like, I go, I basically go to a stop and I just put my hand in front of my mouth like this. And Michelle's like, James, you might want to go since they're doing 80. And I'm like, oh, right. <laughs> just, I don't want to like, you know, I'll, I'll get there. Well, we're, we're, you know, the, the bloody deaths of animals won't even phase me and I'll be fine driving. I, I'm just not built for it. I don't think I don't, I'm not nervous with other people. I'm just, I'm just not, uh, I don't know what it is. I feel like maybe it's even as simple as saying that I have the kind of luck where I'll get my license on a Tuesday and everyone will die on Friday. You know, like I just, right. I just don't want to do it. You know? Well, that's and, why I'm uh, impressed that you, you don't do it. Like I don't do it because I could barely pass the eye exam. Barely. Maybe in one eye. Right. Wait, they gave you and a so, license? No, I don't have okay. one. I mean, I did. I used to drive when I was back in Canada um, or I could. Um, in high school, I did, but never yeah. felt comfortable. And I always had the fear of like, if I ever hurt somebody, I just feel so shitty, right? And yeah, because some people would be like a semi-blind, you know, like yeah. that kind of thing. 
I don't care about other people. I just, I, you know, I care about what I did, right? But also, but that was the other reason I love living in Korea. It's like the public transit here is ridiculously good and cheap, clean. Like when you're living in Seoul, you take the you take the me- or the subway in the morning, and it's not like you know. I just I got a I think it's BBC I on my app. They're like something about stabbings on like TTC like streetcars and stuff, like. And I just yeah. remember like. Yeah. I know maybe they're exaggerating it, but I just remember like, you're not, I don't know. I don't remember really riding with many people on in suits. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's a very, it's not like a low class thing to do in Korea to take the bus, even intercity buses. It's just normal. Why would you drive when they have all these buses? Right. Yeah. And, but in Canada, it's just like, you take the bus, <laughs> you know? It's, yeah. You know, Canada's weird for that. In, in the, in the rural community, Barry's Bay, where I work at the library, I um I remember my first week there. Um, I just was getting to know Karen, who became like a good friend. She just retired recently, but she's she's dope. But I was like, um, I was walking to the coffee place, which is probably the equivalent of walking from like Queen Street and Spadina to maybe just a little bit north of Dundas, you know, something like that. Hmm. And she looked at me. She's like, "You're you're walking to get the coffee," and I'm like. That's right. <laughs> like, like, you know, I, it's it's like three minutes. That's how long yeah. it takes to get there. Well, I've just never seen anyone in this area walk there before. I'm like, oh, <laughs> fuck, yeah. man. Like, it's weird. Small towns have like, uh, oh, well, you, you can't even survive as a homo sapien if you don't have a vehicle. And it's just like, yeah. that's not true. I've lived in Saskatchewan with no driver's license. That's I've lived nuts. in yeah. Bellacoo. I lived in L.A. with no driver's license. Come on. You know, like, uh, that's that's impressive. And you're you're like almost like a role model because like that's what I mean. Like I love living in Korea just because it's so easy to get around and, and taxis don't gouge you like oh, they do in Canada. Like, yeah, I can go pretty far for ten dollars in Korea. Like pretty like, yeah, you sound like a first time hooker. I can go pretty <laughs> far for ten dollars, fellas. No, that, that wouldn't be a first time. That'd be a long time hooker, James. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, prices right. what do we get for prices 10? drop. Yeah, right. prices drop, get? right? You know. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I didn't know about the prices, but we'll we'll talk about that the next time you're on. Fair enough. <laughs> Enjoy your cocaine at that table behind you. <laughs> I will. Are, is we this it? We're we wrapping it up. Yeah, we're usually going an hour. Um, oh, fair enough. Yeah. This is, this is the only chance I get to talk to you, so yeah, we're just hoping to do a little more. But yeah, it's it's totally fine, buddy. Um, we'll, uh, we'll we'll have you on Casual Fridays, and and we'll just like every time you come on, we'll tell a new story. We have enough, I believe. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. Like, yeah, more than more than we should for how long we actually live together. But anyway, yeah, we'll tell the story about the uh, the Russian drunk boxing match that uh, had, took place at the cottage one year. That was interesting. We'll oh, talk about that. we'll talk about that on Casual Friday next week. Yeah, I don't know if I. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know if I like that one. I, I like. Uh, about, I want to talk about that. I want to not only talk about that. I want to talk about how I'm so happy that his ex got out of that marriage. You know what I mean? Like honestly, like I, I would. I would. We don't have to name their names, but like I'm just saying, like in that situation, are you not completely thrilled for her? Yeah. Yeah. This is a f- couple of friends of ours, or a, a friend that um, had a wife, and he he basically was always kind of a dick to her. Um, I don't even know why he was our friend. Like he was your friend, really. He was He's like, my friend. Yeah. He came, he came. He came with you, and he had his moments, but Dude, really for before, the most part, he was like mega Russia version, right? Like, no, he was like, well, 
when I used to hang out with them, like he was trying to be Canadian, I guess. I know that I don't mean that like you need to be, but like, like he grew a rat he, he went Well, hold on. He went from not having much of an accent to suddenly like having like a cartoon Russian accent. Oh, so like told it was pretty. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, which is fine, but it's just like, and it's good to be proud of your accent, but like he just went a little too hard in the paint for the stereotypical not so good russian things because there are stereotypical good russian things but he went for the you know the cocaine <laughs> macho-y <laughs> jump ju- um yeah my my favorite moment with those guys because i used to hang out with russians and um again they can be pretty pretty racist and i remember there was a lot of them and it was at some north york very expensive house with people or at least people's parents had a lot of money and they thought they were big shots. Mm. And I just leaned back and I just say, you know, for people that don't like black people, you sure do dress like them and listen to their music. <laughs> wow. You, and, uh, and everyone thought they, you were the autistic kid. Like, I don't know. I don't well, know about him. <laughs> but Russians have a sense of humor, man. Cause they like, this guy has balls, you know? <laughs> Like, wow. I, I remember uh, one time we were at that cottage and uh, and and uh, this person was li- was sleeping on one of the beds in his clothes still. And I walked out to him and I shook him and I'm like, hey, you got to get up and get in line for bread. <laughs> and he was like, how dare, how dare you? And I was like, oh, I dare. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, yeah, you, you antagonized him more than anyone. And we I'm, also need to. T- we all have our yeah. superpowers, Adam. <laughs> you know what I mean? But we also maybe or maybe not saw a UFO together. So he was also part of that. I'm going to say because he was there that it wasn't. It was something else. Yeah. It was probably something yeah. like, like, a, like a key laser that he had that he hit with his drunken ass knee. And you both saw it. And you're like, whoa. You know, like, hey, man, seriously. there was four people. We all went inside. Now, the best part is we were on, you know, we were eating mushrooms. So that makes our story totally legitimate. Um, <laughs> and that, but the best was it we went inside yeah. We went inside and we all wrote it down and then we still looked at it. It was all the same. We we're like, but we were on mushrooms. Ah, get it out of here. <laughs> get it out. Yeah. yeah see, those, that's, that's like, uh, it's not the mushrooms fault. It's the maturity level fault. I, I, you, 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 you probably haven't we, seen this. We but... sat there quietly and then went inside and we said, don't anybody say anything. Let's just all write down what we just saw. We, I don't even remember exactly what we wrote down, but we compared like, God damn. You know what I mean? Because it was there was slight disbelief in what we'd seen. Now, and for you and I being blind, and we to... actually saw. Hey, yeah. like you, how close? You was... also can't see well. It was in, it was at the it. horizon. Oh, you didn't? I didn't. I'm sure you I were there for that. one. I have no dude. Do you think I would forget a memory of of seeing a UFO? Like, oh no! I, the I'll, only time I'll talk to Sean. I'm sure he remembers you being. I don't there. give a fuck what yeah. Sean says. I would remember. You guys, I, I, you remember how early I used to pass out? Was it one of those things? No. Because I remember, I, maybe I remember getting up and being like, I, I'll just, I'm just not going to believe you so I don't get jealous. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, something like that. Was it over that shitty lake that was in uh, his... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> He's such an asshole. Yes, it was over that shitty lake. That was, weed was, it not a shitty, was, was it not it a shitty was lake? A shitty lake. Yes. It yes, was like but... the size, it, it like only went like five feet or something. It was really like... Um, low and like it was just a forest of seaweed and when we were there there was only a half a foot of water in the fucking thing or something you know it's like a crappier rice lake oh you don't know what rice lakes like but anyway yeah it's i do i went to rice lake when i was a kid oh you do Mm -hmm. um 
and rice like last time i went to it was better than i remembered it but um <laughs> yes that yeah, the internet sucked. exists now <laughs> <laughs> well that like sucked yeah all right yeah um uh, i know you need to get going but yeah all like i said i just use this as an excuse to chat with you james is a bit of a big shot everybody so it's oh, uh, hard hard to get a kidding? hard to get a hold of him <laughs> he's a bit of a big shot off air you know that we're both gonna be like yeah i don't really know why you said that a big shot what are you talking about I'm not. A oh no! I just you're busy, dude. I don't mean big shot. Busy. It's, that's uh, right. That's right. Busy. busy. I am still totally obscure. I kind of like it like that because I'm not mm. like pigeonholed and stuff. But I appreciate it. Um, you know, it's uh, it's all a learning experience. So I, I just want to continue to learn and continue to do shows. Yeah. So yeah, whenever you need me to jump on and fill a fill a hole, if you will. Um, yes. Let me know. I'll see if my ex is available. <laughs> I, yeah. I I don't understand my jokes anymore either. Like. Yeah, I think I'm well, getting old. I'm yeah, not gonna make think. any more jokes. Yeah, you say that. All right, buddy. Yeah, I know. Go to the well. Oh, wait, you're supposed to wrap it up. You're the host. Sorry. Um, oh, thanks. Tips. Um, uh, Adam can. Do you want me to? What's your official? Uh, forget. We're, we'll do this. We'll do that next time. Um, Adam can. Good friend of mine. Thank you for coming to the show. Um, My and, pleasure. And have fun in Korea. Don't eat too much pork belly, and don't mm -hmm. jab your fingers into any awaiting anuses of people because I know that that happens there, and I. We'll talk about that next time, too, because I want to diss your entire country, okay? Yeah. Wow, Dung Chin. Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Okay, everyone Google it. How do you spell it? Dung Chin. Well, it'd be like just D-U-N-G-C-H-I-M. To help Google out, you'd be like Dung Chin and then Korea. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. Dung Chin. Don't search for it at work. Don't search for it at work. And <laughs> if, you, if, it, if it brings back any memories of when you were in kindergarten... Please head to your authorities immediately. Please, please head to your Catholic church and tell them to knock it off. Yeah, yeah. Um, just follow the trail of smell of poo, and you'll end up at Jesus' Jesus. house eventually. Anyways, all right, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. <laughs> my pleasure. Note. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. I like having friends on. It's more comfortable. Um, yeah. So I'm on uh, medication for uh, my wisdom tooth. And um, I'm also on a little bit of antibiotic. That's an antibiotic. I'm on a different antibiotic for something else. And um, and I just had a corona. And I don't know if you noticed in the middle of, like in the last 20 minutes of the podcast, but I felt like I was all of a sudden like this. Well, Adam, I think we're going to have to wrap up soon. We only usually go for an hour. Like, that's how I felt like I was speaking through another dimensional porthole that was filtered with shroom trips or something. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's weird. Um, I forgot that you're not supposed to have any alcohol whatsoever with um, with antibiotics. And um, I guess I fucked that up because I'm, I'm a little wobbly. But that's fine. One Corona made me wobbly. I like that. You would never be able to say that to me, uh, you know, four years ago. And the 20 beyond that. Oh, what date are we? Um, wow, there's a fist already. Tomorrow on Blackballed, another friend. This is going to be like friend week almost. We had Dodie Fair on the other day. It's too bad that her audio wasn't that great because she was using Safari, but we'll have her back. And today, Adam Can, who's one of my best friends. And then on uh, tomorrow, uh, we have, it might be seven. It's the seventh, actually. We have Nigel Williams of the Pocket Dwellers. Um, Nigel is like one of like the mentors that I um, looked up to as a kid uh, writing rhymes. He's a dope fucking rapper. He's the front man of a band called the Pocket Dwellers. That was a really popular Canadian hip hop, jazz, acid jazz, fusion band and all that. Um, and uh, 
we had his best friend and uh, my buddy, but like Nigel's best friend, they were basically family, um, passed away last year, Sheldon Moore, who was one of the best um, sort of hip hop uh, beat makers and track polishing and all that kind of stuff. And um, it was really tragic. He, he passed away last year. And uh, yeah, it, it would be good to have because, um, you know, we're in our 40s. It's, it's unusual to have best friends die at this age that you know your whole life. And Nigel, I love him. So um, it'll be another great day of just getting to know uh, someone that I happen to know, love, and respect. So uh, we will see you then. And until then, we'll see you next time on Blackball. Thanks and have a great day. Blackball. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.